Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? Bit of a nightmare for most people, and the holidays are a great time to reflect, especially on those who helped us get through it. Now, Noble Gold has put together this incredible collection of American Eagle 22-karat gold coins so you can say a huge thank you. This could be a gift for you or for people you love. And nothing says you're extraordinary. More like getting this four-coin set of rare-prized Augusta St. Gaudens Lady Liberty with her torch. All these impressive, important coins are bullion-proof grade, authenticated by the U.S. Mint, they're changing the American Eagle design next year, so you can imagine what's going to happen to the value. They're just 20 sets around, so it's a first-come, first-served basis. Give Noble Gold a call at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. And we have a special broadcast here on The Common Sense Show with attorney Tom Rents, who represents the frontline doctors. We know those heroes, right? The ones they took from hero to zero. Yeah, well, we're going to get into that along with Supreme Court issues. And you've heard me rail about Sotomayor and some of these others. I'm sure we'll touch bases on this. Before we get started with Tom, though, I need to let you know that this program is brought to you by, in this particular segment, the Satellite Phone Store. And my goodness, folks, I'm telling you, I see this country on a collision course for a level of conflict that we haven't seen. We had 574 riots, you know, two summers ago. I think it's going to get worse if the Democrats don't feel that they're going to maintain control. If the voting rights bill doesn't pass they're in big trouble and they know it and i don't think they're going to leave um, office peacefully that means if continuity government kicks in well you need a sat phone because the cell phones will be taken down if you're in a remote area and your cell phone's not working and your car breaks down you need a sat phone you only need the sky i have my sat phone and i'm so glad i did and if if things go to hell in a handbasket like we fear hope it doesn't but fear it does your sat phone will be the only thing that works. They can't shut it down because the government uses the sat phones. They can't track you within 50 miles. I could go on to all the advantages. It's not expensive. You go, Dave, how much is it? I pay one-fourth the cost of my cell phone. So how do you get yours? Go to sat with Dave, and I would be the Dave there, satwithdave.com. And i, I got to tell you, folks, I didn't believe in sat phones until about a year ago, and then I'm becoming increasingly a profit for this uh, uh, um 
a messianic messenger, if you will. Well, anyway, Tom Renz is swimming upstream against the mainstream media, against the establishment, against profits at all costs for the vaccines. And we know the vaccines are killing far more people than um, than any of the variants. And so uh, we now have cases before the Supreme Court, and that's what we're going to talk about. Tom, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you could join us. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. How you been? I've I've been busy, my friend. I've been really, really busy. And like I said, uh, people like Sarah, myself, Paul Preston, Steve Quayle, we're under attack. Uh, I mean, we have. No I was I was interviewing no a DHS guy the other day who just retired, and right in the middle of the interview, the theme from the NFL comes on, uh, and it wasn't from either oh. one of our ends. Yeah, and then and then the next interview I did with him, it disappeared off my computer. Yeah. So, well, and I bet you get some of this too, don't you? Right? Yeah. Are you being messed oh, with yeah. too? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, for certain. I mean, I, I do my best to try and protect and keep things limited but there's no question i'm getting stirred with a little bit here and there well let's start with my most unfavorite justice i, I actually got two choices sotomayor or briar's ice cream as i like to call him sotomayor a hundred thousand kids are on ventilators and no one moves to correct her that's the issue the issue is not that she you know use these faults garbage facts from the internet she probably pulled it from facebook which i'm sure they didn't censor that misleading information but here's the problem it's the attorneys i want to know i am i'm furious about this dave i'm furious listen i'm so tired of seeing these guys who are supposed to be representing our interests we see this in a lot of our conservative quote unquote uh, politicians you know, they go on TV and they talk a big game, but when it comes right down to doing it, they, they sit on their hands. They won't do anything big. They won't fight. They won't take a stand. You know, they, they back down when there's political pressure. They back down in the face of the press. These guys, these attorneys knew that was coming. It's part of the test. The legal test required for a stay includes a, a public interest uh, component. They knew that was coming. You're not an attorney that's good enough to get to the Supreme Court and not know that's coming. So the question is, why, when they brought up the public interest, did these guys suddenly become farmer uh, advertising exec? You know, that, and how is that ethical? How is it legal? How is it acceptable? And I don't have a good answer. I'm not suggesting that they broke any rules of ethics for sure, but I think they really walked the line by uh, not objecting to this evidence not representing uh, the, the facts that are out there. Not, I mean, they, they literally just, the guy was bragging about being triple yeah, yeah, what, what kind of a buffoon is this? Yeah. Those comments lead, led me to do a podcast uh, yesterday in which I said, we're no longer a rule of law, we're rule of politics. Um, I was thoroughly well, that, disgusted. When you don't have attorneys... When you don't have attorneys that have the courage to represent their clients or the people's interests, you know, some of these states, uh, it, there's a couple of AGs who, who were involved in this and supporting this suit who, I, you know, I'm just waiting. They need to speak out on it because there are a couple of these guys who really were trying to do right by their state. But when you get Ohio involved, you can, you can count on DeWine to sell out every time. I mean, Fauci had him in the top four list. 
you know, I mean, it just it's absolutely unbelievable what's happening. And these guys have sold out to, to an extent that it's just mind-blowing. I, I had never seen anything like it. Well, let me ask you a question. Let's assume you were one of the uh, litigant attorneys, and you're there, and Sotomayor says, 100,000 kids are on respirators, and the vaccine prevents transmission. How would you have proceeded if you were the attorney of record there? I would have immediately objected to the introduction of that evidence. I would have said, Your Honor, I don't know if you're intending to take judicial notice of this. I'm not sure why, where you're getting this from, but I, I object to it because, first of all, it's incorrect. And if you'd like to have an evidentiary hearing, I'd be happy to bring in witnesses, although I don't know how we'd do that at the appellate stage of the case. Second of all, um, it's just outright wrong, Your Honor. As we've submitted, as, as has been submitted in numerous amicus briefs, and this has been discussed on a, on, a, on a, by everyone and their brother. There is nowhere near that number of children been injured. I can I would contest. I would have already had in the record my contestations uh, for the fact that COVID is as dangerous as they claim it is. I would have had in the record that these vaccines are dangerous and uh, that the numbers that the CDC has put out are lies. And I would have objected when they did that. Very respectfully, it's the Supreme Court. And, you know, as a Supreme Court justice, you have to be, we, we, they, you're owed respect. You deserve some. But what they did there was garbage. And those Supreme Court justices were pushing for that public interest argument because they know it's a valid point, except for the numbers are all lies. And they knew that these, these scumbag sleazeballs were too big a coward to actually take a stand on it. That's absolute garbage. You know, you know what this is? This is like, this is like me, Dave. This is like if I was representing you as an attorney and, and, uh, you know, I went into court representing you in a car wreck. You know, I go into court and say, they say, well, you know, you're, uh, Dave caused this car wreck. And I say, no, he didn't. He was drunk. That's how bad this defense was. The defense was that bad. Because what they said was, Your Honor, it's the worst case, worst disease ever. The vaccines are great; they help everybody, they save everybody. But you shouldn't, you shouldn't uh, bar the bar the rule. You, you need to bar that rule and prohibit the rule because even though they're great and even though this is the worst disease ever, you really just shouldn't let that rule go into play. That that was their argument. Tom, don't they still have to, despite all the nonsense and phony evidence they presented? Don't they still have to, if they rule for the Biden administration and OSHA, don't they effectively have to say there is a pandemic exception to the Constitution? Um, well, so the question before the court, and this is another clever little thing. Now, I don't know whether we're going to win this or not. We <coughs> might, because we have some very smart justices who are, did a, you know, had really good questions. I really admired what Clarence Thomas did. But these attorneys, very cleverly, did not bring up the fact that beyond all they brought up was the statutory question. Now, the real question is, how is it constitutional? When you have a right to bodily integrity, when you have case law after case law after case law saying that you're allowed to murder babies as abortion, how can you then say you don't have a constitutional right to bodily autonomy that would allow you to say no 
to an injection of a gene therapy that's experimental. You, it doesn't make sense. They don't equate. But you see, they didn't ask the court that question. And yeah, my real concern here was, you know, whether or not this whole thing was a controlled opposition. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. These guys, these guys, I don't understand what they were doing. There's no excuse for coming into the Supreme Court and not having some basis of understanding in the of the actual facts surrounding this. You know, so but they they didn't. I've never seen anything like it. Tom, let me ask you a question along these lines. There's no doubt we're taking friendly fire, but with regard to the uh, attorneys arguing. Yeah, okay, here we go. Sorry. Um, I had a little sneeze there. I had to block that out. With regard to, there's no question we're taking uh, friendly fire. But I I wanted to ask, what are the mechanics of what's going on in the court? Here's what I mean by the question. Uh, Aren't there several cases that have been enjoined before the Supreme Court? Is Is that what we're arguing here? The frontline doctor's case, the case of various other litigants saying you can't force employers to do this i mean tell us about the organizational structure uh, of the people that are pursuing the suit well this case was no not all of the cases are there so like my case uh the challenge is the vaccine itself and you know the we we allege that the vaccine's dangerous and it's experimental that it shouldn't have been authorized that there's no emergency you know we actually fight all these things that you should probably be fought um, so that case is separate and stands on its own and, and is not related to this. This case was very narrowly focused on the OSHA rule. And the OSHA case was, I mean, a whole bunch of people were challenging this OSHA rule. And so all these different states, all these different crews that were challenging this OSHA rule consolidated into a singular case. And that, that OSHA question is the one that's before the court. Now, you know, the, the the issue that I see is, first of all, that the, there's no constitutional basis for OSHA to do this. So even if the statutorily, regardless of whether or not uh, OSHA had authority to do this, which I don't think they did under the statute, they don't have the constitutional authority, in my opinion. Now, generally speaking, the court is always is going to look towards statutes before it starts looking at the Constitution, which in some ways to me is a little bit backwards because if you don't have a constitutional authority, uh, you know, you don't have statutory authority. But in this case, they didn't challenge an oral argument. They didn't talk about the constitutional aspect. What they talked about was, is there statutory authority to for OSHA to issue a rule like this and you know here's the thing if there is then how could there i mean where's the limits for osha's power i mean that that's that's one of the real scary things to think about i mean if osha can can uh, require that you take an experimental gene therapy as a condition of working what's the limit to osha's power i mean is there no limit to what administrative agencies can do and i don't think that's going to be lost on the justices and I, that's part of the reason that I think that we actually have a good shot at winning this. But the issue is that we may win this, but whether we win it or not, these guys had an opportunity to move the to move the ball down the field on this, 
and they threw that opportunity away. And I don't care whether they get victory or not. I really, I mean, I, I want them to win, but regardless of whether. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time they win or not there's no victory lap to be had on this this is an absolute embarrassment okay so if they win the case uh with the osha argument in when we go to the population who wins workers uh i mean small business owners i mean how does this work well, uh, what it does is it says that OSHA cannot have that rule. And so uh, if, if, if we were to win this, then the rule requiring businesses of over 100 employees mm-hmm. mandate their people be vaccinated would, or face a fine would no longer be valid. Okay, so it would invalidate that rule. And, well, if we win at the Supreme Court, that rule will be stayed until the trial's completed. But... Uh, it would be likely then that from there that that uh, you know that it would be whatever the Supreme Court says would be viewed as determinative probably, and it's likely that whatever happens from there that'll be the end of it. Um, but what it doesn't do is it doesn't prohibit whether we win or lose. It doesn't prohibit employers 
from mandating it. So yes. some employers will still mandate it, um, and some won't. And, you know, that just is what it is. Uh, but what it does is it, you know, returns that decision to the employers, which I suppose they want us to be thankful for, I guess, you know, that, that employers' uh, rights apparently trump individual rights. Um, I'm not sure how that's okay. How can you transfer but, an unconstitutional uh, action from OSHA to an employer? Because that's effectively what they'd be doing, isn't it? Well, because there is a difference. There is a difference under the law. And the difference is, is an employer is a private entity, and it doesn't wield the power or authority of the government. So, in theory, you know, if you don't like it, you can go find another job. It's hard to argue that you can go find another job if the entire if, if everybody that's you know over 100 employees is mandated by this rule. So there is a there is a difference. Um, I don't personally think that uh, this should be able to be mandated. Period by anyone. I yeah, think I, that that right to bodily is pretty critical. And to me, one of the things that I think they overlook is I think the way this should be being discussed is is in light of cases like cruising and, uh, you know, through the lens of some of the abortion cases. You know, in abortion, you have a 100% chance of causing the death of another. In COVID, you have a 99.9% chance of recovery. So, you know, to argue that, you know, it, it's okay to kill a baby, but it's not okay to... Uh, to go around unvaccinated because you could make someone else sick is ridiculous. And further, the vaccine doesn't actually stop you from getting from you know making infecting other people. It doesn't actually stop the transmission. All it does is, uh, well, make you sick or give you has the potential to make you sick. I, I can't really list much that it does well. Yeah, I understand. Um, one of the things that greatly bothered me, it was kind of the uh, do as I say, not as I do. So White House staff are exempt. Pfizer employees are exempt. So this is where I'm going yeah. with the question here. Um, in my limited experience in political science in college, um, I remember something about the 14th Amendment saying, you have to treat everybody the same under the law. If I have to get a vaccine to keep my job, how does the government maintain exemptions? Well, so there's a neat little trick there, right? And it's a garbage trick. Honestly, we did another amendment that requires that, that all elected officials live by the same rules as, as everybody else. But uh, the neat little trick is that there's a separation of powers consideration, right? So the, the legislative branch can't tell the judicial branch what to do. It also can't tell the executive branch what to do, and vice versa. The executive branch can't tell the legislative, and the judicial can't tell them either. So, you know, these branches can't, they're co-equal. So you can't force the other branch. So these these executive branches, uh, or these branches of government, you know, they get to kind of pick and choose what they want to do on these things, and so that's how they get out of it. Now, Pfizer, as a private company, would have to be subject to the same rules as everybody else. So their employees uh, would have to be subject to those same rules. Now, I'm not sure off the top of my head um, what the OSHA rule says for foreign-based companies. 
are, are foreign owned companies or so illegal like, aliens uh, well, uh, you know they, they they get an they get ivermectin or they just get nothing um, and that's that yeah. so um, you know that's a that's just a whole nother ball game but yeah so I the private companies though would have to all be treated the same. Okay, that's what I thought. What about White House staff as government employees? They're exempted. That doesn't seem right either. Yep. Yep, they will be because we can't, uh, the judiciary and the legislative branch can't force it. Now, here's the thing, though. White House staff is executive. So, you know, it's an interesting thing there. Um, and it would be interesting to ask that question. Why is it the White House staff gets away with uh, being exempted, but the uh, the people are not. I mean, this is an executive branch agency, and uh, there, yeah, there's probably some obscure piece of law in that that uh, that, uh, that you know would would be governing. But to be honest with you, I'm just not sure. I know that it's pretty hypocritical. Yeah, it bothers me, and I just you know, but I'm not a lawyer. But I, I just look at it and just say on the surface, I don't see how they can get away with it. Um, you had mentioned something earlier, and I wanted to backtrack to one thing. You said you admired what Clarence Thomas did. Could you specifically identify that? Well, you know, one of the things that Clarence Thomas did is is kind of understated the way that he did it. But uh, you know, as these guys were doing everything they could to throw the case by telling everybody how great the vaccines are. He brought it back after, you know, Breyer, Kagan, and uh, Sotomayor had been all on board with this whole, you know, the public interest can't be met, everybody's dying, you know, the world's ending, and the vaccines will save us all. Um, You know, he did ask them for some numbers. He did ask for some stuff. Now, the garbage that they gave was, you know, I mean, about as weak as could be. Um, you know, the, the, the attorneys didn't respond properly. To me, it looked like he was setting them up for a softball. And, uh, they, you know, instead of, didn't even bother swinging because they, they didn't want to hit it. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he asked some really good questions and some really pointed questions that got to some important things. You know, frankly, the, the justices, I didn't have as big of an issue with. I know Sotomayor's numbers were garbage. I know Breyer, you know, I mean, yeah, I, how it is that Breyer says, you know, we had 70-some thousand a day, and, you know, yesterday we had 750,000, so look at how bad it is. Well, okay, you don't find it peculiar that the day before oral argument from the Supreme Court, suddenly they find 10 times more cases? You know, I mean, honestly? But it's the lawyer's job to point that out. It's the lawyers who are supposed to argue that. It's the lawyers who are supposed to say, Your Honor, Your Honor you know, I, I respectfully challenge this on this basis or this ground. But that's their job. So I'm not really so fussy with even, even the left side of the court. You know, I mean, listen, it's totally predictable that they're going to do what they're going to do. Now, at the end of the day, I'll read the dissents. I'll read the majority opinion. I'll see what's there. And then if I disagree with the justice's conclusion, that's where I'll disagree with them. In terms of this, the issue that I had, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't know why they're citing garbage numbers that are just absolutely false. Well, I know why. But what I really got an issue with is not the court. It's the attorneys who were trying to throw the case. 
Okay. You're being very blunt, so I'm going to get to be equally blunt. That's okay. Um, When um, we moved to what would one day become our retirement home, um, 18, going on 19 years ago now, um, very quickly we learned that John McCain had targeted our area for confiscation without uh, compensation. That's a true story. And we contracted it for, this went on for eight years, and we contracted with four different law firms and I got the same answer every time. Well, you have a good case, but the owners of our firm are afraid that McCain will become president, and if he is, our owners, the people that run the firm, will never become judges. That's what we heard that, four that, separate times. That, that is everything does, that's wrong with our, with our, our system. Yeah. Does this strike a chord with you, with what you're looking at now? Oh, it makes me. It absolutely does. Why do you think we can't get any any of the big firms involved? Why do you think you can't get lawyers to do this? They're all, you know, they're all afraid. They're they're cowards, or you know, it's unbelievable. I am so disappointed in my profession. Now, I will tell you, we started to see some real hero lawyers come out. There are some guys who are fighting, who are doing a great job, are good people, and they're out and they're doing their thing. And I'm really, really excited about that. They're finally coming out. But not the big firms. The big firms won't touch this with a 50-foot pole. They're too, bu- too busy kissing butt on it. And, you know, there's two reasons that that happens. But the main re- one is that, uh, you know, they've been conflicted out because, you know, farmers got enough money to hire every firm in the country. But more importantly, what's really happened is these guys are just afraid of the political backlash. They're cowards. Instead of standing on principle, they're willing to sell their souls for a nickel. And i got to be honest with you, it makes me sick. And I'll tell you, there's no money in fighting this. You know, I mean, there, there will be at some point, maybe. But, you know, I mean, you know, we're always struggling for money. I, you know, please donate, by the way. But uh, Well, take a second here. Let's stop for a second. Um, you know, I, I know about Dr. Sherry Timpenny. Uh, and Dave Dobbenmeyer and how they've helped you. I just talked to Dave last uh, weekend. Um, so I know that you need money. So let's let's put out an all call for money. How do how do we do that? No. Uh, ForGodFamilyCountry.org. Is that the uh, letter, is that the number donate. four? Uh, it's written out. ForGodFamilyCountry all one word. Dot org. That's my charity. And then you're also welcome to uh, to just do. Uh, I mean, if you want to donate to Ren's Law, you can donate to Ren's Law. Um, we but we do need we do need funding. It's a it's a tough it's a tough expensive fight, and uh, you know we're now at a point where we can do more because we've got more people. Yeah. Okay. But they're expensive. And and uh, your, I've got your website somewhere, but Ren's Law, you'll have that link to that fundraising source. Yeah, okay. yeah. They're on Ren's Law, there's a link to uh, to uh, forgodfamilycountry.org, and uh, it's absolutely um, well, it's who we are and what we do. So, um, you know, we're we're very excited about that. Uh, that charity and, and working with it and helping it and doing good things for people with it. And then, um, we're, we're going to be putting up a couple other mechanisms. We're putting up, we're going to be putting up a web store. We're going to be putting up some other things because we really need to get, uh, that's going to be within the next very short, uh, period of time. But 
uh, we're going to get a get and go set up as well because we really need to, to get some support right now. Okay. You know what I think these lawyers are afraid of? If they're not um, compromised by future goals, uh, they could be in fear of cancel culture. Yes, they are. I've talked to some of them who are. I mean, they're afraid of the political backlash. I mean, listen, I've been called everything bad that you can be called in the press. I mean, I am, you know, I've been called everything, except for I've been right, and uh, I'm going to be proven to be right. And, uh, you know, I mean, that is what it is. But, yeah, they, you know, listen, they, they don't want to take that kind of a beating. It's tough, and it is tough. I get that. But, you know, you got to man up a bit. Okay, so your case for lack of a better term, is kind of sitting in the wings while this case with OSHA is going forward. How does the OSHA case affect your representation for the frontline doctors? So you're looking to thank someone special for helping you get through the year. Noble Gold has the perfect gift. It's a four-coin set of rare, solid 24-karat gold, Augusta St. Gaudens Lady Liberties. These impressive coins are bullion-grade proofs authenticated by the U.S. Mint. They're changing the current American Eagle design. They're not making any more. Only 20 left. Buy two sets. It'll cost you less than $10,000, and you'll be gifted a free Apollo 11 coin. Discover more. By calling Noble Gold at 877-646-5347. Um, you know, I don't know yet. It depends on what they say. I mean, it, the ruling may affect the, the case in Alabama. It may not. I, I really don't know. Uh, it will depend on what they say and how they rule. So, you know, I, I'm hoping. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. That they rule uh, in a way that's going to be uh, make this a little bit easier, but I, I, it's just hard to say. Idea in a, in a perfect world, I'd like to think that this would, this would either be helpful or not impact, but, you know, I don't know. Well, the... Um some of these chicken bleeper justices, uh, and th- that's my term, not, not not Tom's, okay? It's Dave Hodges' term. But some of these chicken bleeper judges, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't make a decision and they say this is all under the purview of the states. Could that happen? Well, if they get made it under the purview of the states, that would be the decision, okay? And that's a good. that's as good as we can get right now because that's the question. Is should this be a state issue? Um, which I would say that's also, but that's a different case, right? Um, if they say that OSHA's, OSHA doesn't have authority to make that rule, then it would pretty much so be left to the states. So I, I think that, uh, you know, that's really the where this goes. You know, if, if that's where the next stage of the fight is, that the OSHA shut down. Um. Do you see your case just being, um, I don't know, collateral damage or collateral beneficiary, or will your case actually get heard by the Supreme Court? What's your anticipation? It's hard saying. I mean, you know, we're the, yeah, this case is so much different from uh, from our case. So the OSHA <laughs> case, 
is a very narrow question of law where they really don't challenge anything controversial. Okay, I mean, they do. The OSHA rule is, is an important aspect, but, I mean, we're actually simply stating these guys are, you know, they broke the law. They they did all these things wrong. The vaccines aren't safe. They're not effective. They're dangerous. Uh, COVID's not as bad as they're making it out to be. They're lying every time they speak. You know, so all of this stuff, all of this stuff is, uh, you know, it, it's all stuff that, that is not before the courts right now. My belief is is that if our case goes for if we're in the Supreme Court, it's probably going to be on a procedural ground because we'll appeal it up there if we need to to be able to get this case to move forward. But the reality is is that it, you know we've asked for a jury trial, I believe is that, I believe in a number of our cases we've asked for jury trials. I believe in the Alabama case we did as well. I'm not sure I'd have to double check but We've asked for a trial. You know, we want this trial. We want to go there. Well, if all the facts come back the way that we expect that they will after discovery, yeah, there's not going to be any question about how it's going to come out. And I don't know if it'll need to go to the Supreme Court because it, they may just say, you know, the, the lower court's ruling stands. Because if we get to go to, if we get the facts on this, it'll be so overwhelming in our favor. I don't think there's really going to be a need to go too far with it. So. Um, yeah, my, my yeah, fear. My fear is this: um, I immersed myself in the election fraud case here in Arizona, and I'm, I'm not beating my chest, but but uh, I'm probably one of two private citizens that really knows what he's talking about on this issue in Arizona. And and what I saw here with how these cases proceeded, and particularly on a national level, um, it's not that the cases didn't have merit; it's that no one wanted to hear it. Not one minute of testimony was heard on the election fraud cases. And my fear for cases like yours is they'll take the same approach. They'll know you have overwhelming evidence, and they just don't want it out there. Uh, well, Is that a legitimate fear know, on my part or not? Well, I, I can't say it's not. So I didn't dig into the election cases as much. I was just making an you analogy. Know, lawyer. Yeah, just an analogy. Well, yeah. So here's the thing. So I can't really tell you. What I can tell you is, from my end, there's certainly been a lot of resistance to getting the facts out. I mean, they have. there's been a lot of resistance to that. But we're going to, you know, we've got a plan for it, and I do intend to challenge that. And one of the things that we've got to put out there, and I'll just tell you, one of the, one of the angles we're going to make, take from this is, listen, this is a legitimate issue of national interest, and if I'm right, there could be millions of people dying because of the malfeasance of the government. Are you going to suggest to me, and I will ask the Supreme Court this, Would you? are you suggesting to me that an issue of this importance where I've laid out a very clear violation of the law and very obvious standing, because we have very, very clear and obvious, with election stuff, I think a lot of it turned on standing. I don't know for sure, but... Um, and I didn't get into some of that. But in our case, standing is really not as big of a dispute. They're trying to bring up some garbage, but it's all garbage law. So we're going to find out, you know, does the court want credibility or not? Because if you throw out the election case without hearing evidence, and you throw out the COVID stuff without hearing evidence, then you might as well just recognize that you've essentially thrown out any credibility that the court has. Yes. And, 
you know, at that point, and, and we're just going to make that argument. We're just going to say, listen, the courts want to be remain credible. They have to be willing to listen to the hard cases. I understand this is a hard case, but guess what? We've got substantial evidence that was brought in good faith and laid out. There were liars. There are. And, uh, you know, the question is, are you willing to, he- to hear the evidence about this, or do you, do you just, are you a paper, uh, a puppet court? Are you a, an illegitimate thing? And, you know, that's the, the court can't do that. As an, I'm an officer of the court, and I'm proud of that. But it's part, part of that means that it's my duty to help the court to see what's going on. And uh, I, I fully intend to do that. It's interesting, too, that you brought up in the public interest where millions could die. Um, are, are you aware of the evidence that's circulated now? That um, and, I'm, and I'm confident this is true that the life insurance companies, or at least some of them, are admitting to the fact that uh, the death curve is 100,000 overexpected, and I have people telling me it could be as high as 300,000 a month overexpected. Are, are you aware yeah. of the, this phenomena? Yeah, I am, and there's no doubt in my mind that's going to turn out to be correct. I mean, they're, they're going to kill more people with this than I know what to do with, and i got to tell you, this is one of the... One time in my life, I don't think there's been a time I've been less happy about being right than I am on this. No, I I, I hear what you're saying, you know, and, I, and you know this before we've discussed this, but but um, we get new listeners all the time, and we've just joined a new network. So, I want to say this for the record, um, you know, I taught research and stat at a fairly high level, and when uh, Commissioner Hahn came out in April of the first year of the pandemic, and said we're not going to require third party validation for testing. It's my position from an academic point of view, a research point of view. There's no test. No, there, there what's your, what's your position on that? There's no test at all. I mean, I don't know how you diagnose a case with a PCR test that doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. I mean, it, it's kind of like when they're telling me now that you've got Omicron or you've got Delta. <clears throat> how the hell do you know? I mean, the only way you can know that is if you take a sample of, uh, from my body you take it to a lab and run full genetic sequence on it because the PCR tests don't work and they certainly don't differentiate between variants. I mean, they can't do that. They did, they don't work to diagnose the disease anyways. So how do you know what variant of the disease you got? If you don't know if you've even got the disease, I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And from beginning to end, but this is it from beginning to end, this whole thing is fraud from beginning to end. It's all fraud, everything. There is not a single honest thing about this. I'd like to ask you a hypothetical. It's kind of outside the scope of what you're doing legally, but we hear repeated calls, members of Congress, media, professors in Ivy League schools, saying, if you're not willing to take the vaccine, then medicine should never treat you, and you can't get treatment for anything. Do Do you think this could happen? Well, I mean, listen, th- th- that's the, it's like, it's like Mengele. I mean, that's just, Thank you. that's an evil Nazi monster horror. You know, anybody that would suggest that should immediately have their license revoked permanently. They should never be allowed to practice medicine or be near another person uh, as a medical professional again. I mean, that's, that is sick beyond words. Your job as a doctor is to treat people as they are. So does that mean that you should also let someone who uh, OD'd on drugs, you should just say, well, they deserve it, they did it themselves? 
I mean, certainly they did it themselves is much more appropriate there than it is in someone who doesn't want to take a gene therapy experiment or who may have a medical or religious objection to it. So should we just let people who OD? What about people who attempt suicide? Should we just help them along the way? I mean, that's a, it's sick. There's something wrong with these people. These people aren't doctors. They're monsters. I agree with you. And the concerning thing I have is when I look at foreign countries, I know this for a fact. I've seen the documents. And I get emails from people in this country that validate this practice. We know they have COVID quarantine camps in New Zealand. They've also reserved the right to commit euthanasia. Were you aware of that? I didn't see that, but uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it, it's really it's that bad. Well, I worry about it coming here. That's I mean, because it's the same mentality. It's the same pharmaceutical companies making the same profits, denying the same kinds of care with therapeutics as opposed to vaccines. It's the same thing there that it is here as far as the 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 prime moving force and it just it just it scares me tom that it's going to come here uh in dc i don't know the extent of the law because i haven't had a chance to really study it but uh i've read some headlines that said that mayor bowser in dc is forbidding anyone to leave their homes without their papers i i've heard that she's trying to do something to those uh to that extent um yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, but here's the thing. Why would you let that happen? If you live there, just say no. I mean, just do what you want to do. I mean, I don't know. You know, it, You know, when they told Rosa Parks to go to the back of the bus, she said no. Just said no. Didn't do it, right? God bless her for doing that. Um. I mean, we're, this is very much akin to the civil rights movement. This is the civil rights movement of our age. Martin Luther King was, you know, he was able to come up with a way for, for people to peacefully but forcefully resist and to, to overturn, you know, the segregation that we'd had for quite a few years. Okay. Learn from the guy, right? I mean, we've got a model. It works. Do it. You know, resist. If you're in Washington and they tell you you can't leave your house, tell them, to go, tell them where to go. That's what I would do. I, You know, when they told me 14 days to, lie, to uh, flatten the curve, I did exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't change one thing. Uh, you know, everybody, oh, I've been locked in my house. Well, you're an idiot. I didn't stay in my house. I did exactly what I wanted to do. Now, I don't want to do that much, frankly, so, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. But, you know, I... You just no. <laughs> no, I, I know, I know. We, we we completed our home gym during that time because the, unfortunately the gyms were closed, and uh, although the owner of one of the gyms we go to opened it up late at night, we'd sneak in there and work out until he got busted. But it it, yeah. it, it was a absolute fifteen days to flatten the curve, and now it's almost two years to flatten the world. I mean that's really where we've ended up here with this. I I liken what we're going through is that the unvaccinated are the Jews of 1938. That's what I'm beginning to say. Very much. Very much. There's no question about it. I it's mean, just... that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, uh, 
they're trying to segregate and, and treat people based, uh, differently based on, on whether or not they've received these gene therapies. And, you know, listen, I like my genes the way they are. I'm not changing them. I know. I, I, I've talked to enough experts. I know what's going on with these vaccines and just how dangerous they are. The problem is, is some batches seem to be okay and some aren't. And this is what I'm being told by people on the inside. But um, yeah. the, the one thing I want to go back to is the lawyers that are representing the case. Did one case out of several get picked by the Supreme Court? And did it get picked maybe because they had lawyers who were friendly to the pharma cause? Um, I'm just wondering, why is it that lawyers who won't stand their ground and really fight for their client, how they were the ones that ended up before the Supreme Court as opposed to someone like yourself who would uh, defend your client, you know, very, very vigorously? Well, I wasn't in any way, shape, or form affiliated with the case, so that's not like they would say, hey, Tom, do you want to go do this? Um, But the... The way that they decided, you know, who, how they picked these two, I have no idea. Um, you know, I mean, there are a whole bunch of people. You know, certainly they picked some lawyers who they felt were qualified. And, you know, the guys are. I mean, when they argued the law, they did a pretty decent job. The problem is, is that they didn't argue all of the law. They only argued part of it. And that's part of what was really egregious to me, is that these guys knew how to argue. And then just with one area, with anything regarding the safety or efficacy of the vaccines or danger of COVID, they just totally dropped the ball. So that's the thing that really gets me on this, right? Because when I'm looking at this, that doesn't make sense. You do, you know, you do a good job on everything but that, and that's an important aspect of the case. So, uh, you know, for my part, I, I don't know how they were picked, and that's a real good question. And I think that I think that we ought to be asking these AGs and the NFIB especially, because how can you argue that that was in the best interest of independent business? And only if the independent business you're representing are the big businesses that are making money off this. So you know, listen, I think these I think you, we need to ask NFIB. We need to ask our AGs if we were in a state where you know they were on board with this case. What the hell happened? Uh, yeah, what what in God's name were you doing? That's not what we asked you to do. Yeah, we support. Yeah, you know, some of these guys are good AGs, but you know, like I said, you got some of them like states like Ohio. You know, they're just owned by pharma. So I think it's a very good question. And I hope more people will ask it. Well, it's almost it's reminiscent of a army commander who's got an advancing army. But he left his left flank open and his right flank open. So along that analogy, I'm going to ask this question. Do you suspect that some of these uh, attorneys, these AGs, uh, left an escape pod for the liberal members of the Supreme Court to exploit to get a favorable ruling for the defense? Well, you know, I don't have any evidence to back that up. But it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. Okay, so I don't know. I just know that that was a huge gaping hole in this argument. And it was an unnecessary hole. It's not like there aren't facts to back it up. And I think someone ought to answer the question. Why did you guys throw the argument, throw that part of the argument? Why did you ignore that part of the argument? Why did you just absolutely 
Yeah, listen, there are so many amicus briefs. There are so many documents. There are so many doctors, so many experts that, that had this information. You know, for for them to argue that this is in the public, in, uh, not in the public, uh, it's, you know, the public interest argument, the way that they did was just mind-blowing to me because they didn't argue it. What they did was they conceded it. They, in fact, they actually argued against their own case, I would say, oh when it comes gosh. to the public interest. I mean, it was so bad. It, did you did you happen to see it? I, mean, I, saw, guys, I, I saw some one, of it, yes. I did see some of it. But I, I'm not... I didn't see the whole totality, and and I'm not skilled at breaking down that analysis like you are, because I'm not an attorney. But you're yeah. saying that they threw the case. What, the people that threw the case the most, in your opinion, is, is there a pinpointed group, like it's the AGs, or is it private attorneys? What do you think? Well, let me make clear, okay? So when I say that they threw the case, what I mean is that part of the case, they threw it out the window, it's garbage. Yeah. They they did not fight that part of the case. And the question I have is why? Now, who did, who's, is there someone behind it? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I certainly am not privy to the conversations, but I want to know why these attorneys who are representing states okay. and state AG's offices and, and, you know, these why did they decide that they were going to allow one-fourth of the, of the, uh, the test that, that is required to grant a stay, which is what that was about, why did they decide they weren't going to argue it? Why did they concede every fact? Why didn't they object when new evidence that hadn't been a part of the record was brought in on this appeal situation? Why did they allow this all that? This was a terrible, terrible thing to me. They had an opportunity to start correcting the public record on a global level because it's the United States Supreme Court. And instead, all they did was a giant vaccine commercial. My goodness. I, I want to go back to the appellate court for a second. You, th- there were several stays of uh, execution of these mandates by appellate courts. So my question is, did the lawyers there do a better job arguing the case than uh, they did before the Supreme Court? Well, there were a lot of different cases out there, and there's been a number of states issued. Um, I don't know what happened in each one of them. I mean, I don't have time to watch every oral argument. Um, what I know is that this one was really important, and I did watch it, and it made me sick. Because I just, to me, you know, I just don't understand why. You don't, I mean, listen, these guys may be way better lawyers than me. They may be just smartest guys in the room i don't know but if someone could explain to me why there's or how there's any strategic or legal benefit as an attorney i'm telling you i don't see a single legal or strategic benefit to giving away one out of the four things that you have questions you have to answer when determining whether or not a stay should be granted what's the benefit here i mean and Especially when, I mean, listen, I have a Department of Defense document that shows that that 71% of new cases are in fully vaxxed and 60% of hospitalizations are in fully vaxxed. I've got FDA documents talking about the uh, the side effects. I've got, also, I've got Pfizer documents talking about the dangers and the side effects. I don't know what you need 
before the, someone's going to actually, one of these politicians is actually going to grow a pair and be able to actually be willing to challenge. I don't, I don't I know. Mean, I do not understand. These are, these are disputable facts. It's Pfizer's document, for God's sakes. It's a CD, it's a, I mean, it's a DOD document. So, you know, did they tell the truth here or did they tell it there? You know, when you go on um, social media, if you take CDC facts that represent anything other than the vaccines completely work, completely effective, and nothing else does, they'll ban your account. Yeah, I'm going to sue them, too. I haven't gotten that far. Yeah, but I'm just saying that it's the mindset that we're operating under now. It's this giant group think, and it's really modeling the Chinese social credit system. I mean, that's what we're really implementing here. That's what we're trying to implement. Hell will freeze over before you're going to tell me what I have to think. I'm going to have a very poor social credit score. Yeah, but I think that, Tom, you and I might resist, but I still still see people driving in their cars with their face masks on. Yeah, well, you can't save everybody. There, there are some people who are just dumb to the point that they're broken. I, do, I don't know. I just the the last. Maybe I'm saying this badly. <clears throat> Correct me on this. Here's my greatest fear. This is the last hope we have. Is the Supreme Court to at least push it back somewhat till we can mount a better resistance? I don't disagree with you that the Supreme Court and the court system is the last branch of the government that we really have much hope of being out of. Okay? I do not believe that this is the only or the last chance to win. Uh, this case was very good legally, is very correct legally, and was argued horrendously. Um, I've seen that happen a number of times. But ultimately, we've got a lot of other cases that ask a lot of other questions that are very relevant. I'm continually asking the question, is it really safe? Is it really effective? And, you know, at some point, they're going to have to answer that. So, you know, uh, I don't think it's the last hope, but I think it is the last branch of government that we have any hope in. And we need to ensure that the judiciary remains credible, fair, impartial, and not biased uh, in favor of this because they're scared of a disease. I look at the DOJ, and I know it's not the Supreme Court, but the DOJ is so hopelessly compromised, and I I won't go into detail. The FBI is a total politicized organization. I just pray the Supreme Court is not the last one to fall. Well, the DOJ right now is is terrifyingly bad. Um, I I don't know. I can't say anything good about the DOJ right now. That said, um, I can tell you that, you know, the courts, the judges, I don't know. I I may be a little naive on this, but, I you know, i got to believe that at some level the judges, it's too important to maintain at least the appearance of credibility. I cannot imagine them just simply saying, you know, to hell with credibility. We're just going to be a paper court and whatever whatever they want us to do. I know three judges that will do that out of hand with no conscience. Kagan, Sotomayor, well, and Breyer. Well, but here's the thing. 
when, as an attorney, when I listen to them, um, I'm not necessarily hearing someone who I think is, you know, it's, it's different when you put on your attorney glasses. I know. And, and it's, and, it's a different, and yeah, listen, I think that the three of them bought this fact pattern hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I think that they are 100% convinced that Anthony Fauci is doing everything right. I know. I, and I think I, that if yeah, I were yeah. in... If Tom, I, we're just about... Tom, it, Tom, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, we're on. up against no, a hard okay. break, but let me just say this. You're one of my heroes. Uh, we're going to post this on our website, and uh, we're going to try to bring Thank some money you. your way, too. Please keep fighting the fight. Now, America depends on you. Oh, you don't have to worry. Uh, I'll stop when I've won, when everybody is free, when we've ended child trafficking, when we've ended yeah, uh, I hear you. The tyranny, when we've ended any sort of evil that's out there. That's when I get. To, that's when I get to stop. Tom, so I appreciate. I got to. I got to. Brother God, to and I appreciate what you're doing, my friend. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Dave. And you have a wonderful day. Take care. Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? Bit of a nightmare for most people, and the holidays are a great time to reflect, especially on those who helped us get through it. Now, Noble Gold has put together this incredible collection of American Eagle 22-karat gold coins so you can say a huge thank you. This could be a gift for you or for people you love. And nothing says you're extraordinary. More like getting this four-coin set of rare-prized Augusta St. Gaudens Lady Liberty with her torch. All these impressive, important coins are bullion-proof grade, authenticated by the U.S. Mint, they're changing the American Eagle design next year, so you can imagine what's going to happen to the value. They're just 20 sets around, so it's a first-come, first-served basis. Give Noble Gold a call at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.